It's finally here. The Hoosiers, the Buckeyes meet on Saturday afternoon to kick off the college football season. Let you, let's get you caught up on all the last minute info you need to know. You are locked on Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everybody. You are Locked On Hoosiers, the only daily IU podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Appreciate you guys making us your first listen, wherever you may be tuning in from. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. If you guys are looking for some last-minute tickets, to Saturday's game, be sure to check out the Game Time app. Today's sponsor, download Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. If you're heading down to Bloomington for the game, get twenty dollars off those tickets using that app. And on that note, IU Ohio State finally at last. College football is back. I guess it was technically back on Thursday night as I'm recording this. Uh, Nebraska and Minnesota are finishing up their game in a real, uh, I won't say doozy. Uh, it was 10 to three last score. I saw 10, 10 right now. So hasn't been exciting, but welcome to big 10 football at times. Uh, but the Hoosiers will kick off on Saturday. IU versus Ohio state three thirty PM Memorial stadium. It will be on CBS. Honestly, I couldn't tell you the last time IU was on CBS, uh, it might have been for a bowl game, but for a regular season game, it's probably been a while, unless I'm just forgetting something, but it's cool to be on kind of, it's not prime time, but I mean, when everybody's going to be watching college football, IU is going to be on CBS, so that part will be cool. How the game plays out, I don't know. If it's based on any of the history of this rivalry, specifically recent history, It's not going to go well for Indiana. The Buckeyes hold a, uh, (laughs) this is 78 wins, 12 losses, and five draws against the Hoosiers. Indiana has not beat Ohio State since 1988. Uh, The 1990, they drew them. 2010, the game was vacated. Those are the only uh, exceptions in that time span. Ohio State has won every other game. I don't know that this one's going to go any different. We'll talk a little bit about it throughout this. These two teams did open the season. If you got every day or listen to Thursday's show, we kind of referenced this back then I, or with uh, Jay Stevens, I believe, talking about Ohio State and Indiana opening the, the season in 2017. That was a really odd Thursday night game, and I, I didn't like that. But that game was, was kind of memorable for the fact that IU was – toe-to-toe with Ohio State through the first half of that game. Simi Cobbs was dominant. It's one of my favorite kind of sequences in IU football ever (laughs) is the goal line uh, set where uh, it was about midway through the fourth quarter, excuse me, second quarter, when the Hoosiers get to the goal line. Simi Cobbs was just towering over his uh, defender. So IU threw four straight fade routes to him and on fourth down he catches it for the touchdown Simi Cobbs was incredible in this game 11 catches 149 yards and a touchdown unfortunately despite Indiana leading at halftime uh, Ohio State ran away with this one figuratively and literally 
by the end of the game, they racked up just shy of 600 yards of offense. And they had 410 yards passing, or excuse me, 304 yards passing. Paris Campbell had 130 yards rushing. IU had 410 yards passing. Richard Lego, three touchdowns, two interceptions, 65 pass attempts. Uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same, uh, as that is about what Connor Bazelak was averaging per game last season. Uh, the Hoosiers could not run the ball. Uh, they obviously were throwing the ball a ton. Hopefully, look, if IU ha- is competitive for a half tomorrow, as I record this, I'll take it, but I, uh, I don't know. I don't have high hopes for this game. Neither does Vegas. The spread, as we've mentioned all week, hasn't really budged at all. It is Ohio State by 29 and a half. If you are feeling really lucky, and look, FanDuel has some bonus bets. Throw some money down on the IU money line, plus 2,200 right now, and you'll get back bonus bets when that doesn't hit. But if you're feeling lucky, if you're feeling optimistic, you can put some money down there. Over under set at 59 and a half. I can't recommend you take that. If I were to tell you to bet anything, I think the best bet is probably for Ohio State to cover um, just the talent discrepancy and IU coming in with a lot of new faces, a lot of changes, especially defensively. I could see Ohio State really putting up the points in this one. I don't know that Indiana can match that. And as we discussed in the preview episode Ohio State's still trying to figure out their quarterback situation I would imagine they're going to be playing those two guys for the vast majority of this game even when they go to a backup it's going to be a guy who's trying to get uh his the starting job so there isn't going to be kind of any foot off the gas in this one I would bet Ohio State to cover that 29.5 point spread. SP Plus, which for those that are new here, we're going to reference it a lot during football season. Similar in some ways to Ken Palm, which some of you might be more familiar with for basketball in that it's a kind of an algorithm, uh, stats, formula-based way of predicting games, projecting games. Uh, SP Plus has Ohio State by 33.4 points with a 99% win probability. Their projected score is 46 to 12, which is 58 points, which is just a tick under that over under, but it would be covering 46 to 12 roughly feels about what this game is going to be 45, 14, just because of touchdowns and whatnot makes sense for this game. Um, if it's, that was roughly the score of the last game, 49, 21, if IU goes into the locker room like 14-14 or something like that, I don't care if the second half gets away from them. You have a lot of positives to to draw from that first half. That's kind of what you're going to have to look for in this game. The small positives and what are probably going to be uh, an overall loss. I hope I'm wrong. I, I don't like being this pessimistic, but you have to be a little bit realistic about things. This is a, an Ohio State team looking at national titles an IU team that is going to start a redshirt freshman quarterback, no matter who it's going to be. And we're going to talk about the quarterback position here in a moment, but excited for this game. Nonetheless, there's a lot of interesting pieces, interesting storylines, interesting matchups 
We're going to talk about each of those two things. Biggest storylines to watch for this contest here in a moment. Let's talk about today's sponsor. Again, if you guys are trying to get to Bloomington for some last-minute tickets, no better app to use than Game Time. You can see where your seats are going to be as you're looking to buy those tickets, which is by far my favorite feature. They have the games listed kind of locally and by date, so that IU football game is going to be right there at the top for you as well. There's no better place to find those last-minute tickets it is they have the best prices they have flash deals as well game time is the place for last minute ticket deals you don't have to plan months in advance game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football basketball baseball concerts comedy theater and more the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Use that code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account on Game Time. Redeem code Locked On College. All one word. You can see it on the YouTube video. All one word. Locked On College. Get $20 off. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. College football season is here, and if you guys are watching this on Friday morning, be sure to check out College Football Kickoff Live today from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. They're going to be live every Friday this season on Locked On College's YouTube channels across the board. They'll cover the playoff implications, conference rivalry games, go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football Kickoff live every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. If you guys did not see as well, a little bit of basketball news, pro Hoosier news. Uh, Romeo Langford signed an Exhibit 10 deal with the Jazz. Uh, Tony Jones of The Athletic reported that. We mentioned, I think earlier this summer, that he had been released and I wasn't sure what route he was going to go. This was what I kind of assumed would be the route. Exhibit 10 deal means it's a training camp invite. Rosters expand to 20 for training camp. He goes into training camp. He'll get a chance to play his way onto the team if he's cut and stays with that team's some uh, G League team. He'll make an extra amount of money. I, I think it's went up in the latest CBA, but there's a financial benefit if he's cut to play for that G League team. Now, will Romeo play for a G League team? We'll see. Uh, a lot of guys at that kind of stage of their career. 
that many years in kind of feel like they're they don't really have anything to prove in the G League, but we'll see. Uh, the interesting kind of connection there, why he went to Utah. Danny Ainge is now kind of the head guy in the front office at Utah. He's the one that drafted Romeo in Boston, so uh, perhaps not a surprise to see Romeo land with the Jazz. He'll have a chance there. I think they have one open roster spot. We'll see if he's able to grab it. Utah's going to be kind of rebuilding, so we'll see if Romeo can land that 15th spot and maybe play his way into some minutes in the rotation a little bit. Let's talk IU football, though. Game tomorrow. Three biggest storylines for me heading into this contest. Number one, it's what we've talked about all fall camp for the last month. Who is IU's quarterback going to be and how do they look? Again, I've given my guess many times. You guys can give your guess in the comments down below. I think it's Taven Jackson. We'll see who's starting, who's going to be warming up uh, with the ones ahead of the game, but I would be surprised if it wasn't Taven. I'm open to either guy, though. I mean, they, they had a chance to prove it and win the spot, and whoever did enough will get that chance. What I will say, when kind of looking at how they look, you're going to have to grade on a curve for this game, obviously. You're playing one of your two toughest opponents this season, and you're doing it in your first start. Regardless of who this is, Soresby or Taven, it's the first start. So it's a, there's a lot of pressure in this game for whoever starts. It's a really talented Ohio State team. All I want to see, and this is kind of circling back to what I said in the first segment, show promise for the future. Whether it is leading a couple drives at in and scores, whether it's making some big plays, show us something to be excited moving forward because, again, it's going to be those moments, those plays, those drives, those passes, those whatever it may be, those small moments that you're going to have to take kind of as the positives. I mean, you're going to have to learn from the negatives, but it's going to be those small moments of positivity they're going to have to take away from this game. And even if this is kind of a game that you, you know, wipe your hands of at the end of the day and say that was always going to be a loss, this is a short time for whoever the quarterback that's chosen to kind of prove themselves and impress enough to make it a difficult decision whenever Dexter Williams is healthy for Tom Allen and the coaching staff to bench them, whether it's Soresby, whether it's Taven, they're going to have about three, four, five games here to show that they should be the starting quarterback. Even when a healthy Dexter Williams returns, um, I don't, they would have to show a lot, I think for the coaching staff, not to bring back Dexter Williams, but why not? I mean, you have the opportunity, whoever it's going to be, make the most of it. So even if we're kind of, saying, oh, well, you have to take the small positives. These quarterbacks know that they have a little bit of a window here to uh, make their case, basically, for them to be the starting quarterback overall when everyone's healthy. So I don't think that should go under the radar either. The next thing I'm going to be watching, how involved is Jalen Lucas offensively? It was something everybody was clamoring for last year. Uh, you didn't really get it last year until uh very late in the season realistically i didn't think the excuses were great we're not going to rehash that 
there's no excuse now. Jalen's had a full offseason, his second year. You've had a full offseason to integrate him into your offense. No excuse now for him not to be a focal point of this offense. So how involved is he going to be is one thing. How creative does IU get in using him is going to be the other thing. IU's talked and Jalen's talked about him lining up in the backfield, wide receiver, slot, multiple running backs in the backfield, whatever that may be. How creative is IU going to get? And I think that's going to be as important as anything in that IU simply can't just move them all over the field and uh, assume that you're going to get mismatches there or something. You have to scheme your way into mismatches and taking advantage of them. I'd love to see drives. I assume IU is going to be up-tempo like they were last year. I'd love to see a drive where Jalen Lucas is in the backfield and IU gains however many yards, and then he runs up and he's in the slot the next play and forcing the defense to scramble and figure things out. And then maybe the next play he's back in the backfield or he's there in shotgun and he's alongside mix this up, get creative. You have a really potent weapon here and Jalen Lucas use him, figure out ways to use him. Another thing we haven't talked about a ton, a little bit this week, special teams is something that I think could be a storyline. Maybe not for this game, I don't know that this game is going to come down to making or missing field goals or things like that, but we're going to see them in action for the first time. The, after the first scrimmage, the, some of the talk was about how much I struggled with special teams. Hopefully that was a one-time thing. I know Tom Allen said the second scrimmage, it was better, but does Nico Radisic come in as a true freshman and take that job? I... Tom Allen won't name a kicker, which is the first time I've literally ever heard of that. Um, I, I assume it's Radisic, but he also, Tom Allen said about if you get to a certain distance, they might change it. I don't love that approach either, but ultimately, how does special teams look? Is it going to be a, something that holds IU back this year? What's going to happen there? And then with Jalen Lucas, he's going to be the kick returner. He's going to be the punt returner. How do teams treat him this season? Kick returning, you're probably going to smoke it out the back of the end zone a lot. How much freedom does he get to take it out of the end zone if it's deep in the end zone and try to return it? And then when it comes to punt returning, are teams just going to stay far away from him even though he didn't do it last year? I'm interested to see how teams react to him after having tape of him and having seen him uh, and knowing now that he's a weapon on special teams. How do teams respond to that? So it's going to be interesting to see what the special teams look like in multiple facets on Saturday. I have three matchups I'm going to be watching as well. I'll reveal what those are, how they could impact both this game and kind of the future for the Hoosiers here in just a moment. So I think there are three matchups I'm specifically going to have my eye on. One of them is IU secondary versus Ohio State's wide receivers, namely Marvin Harrison Jr. I put IU secondary because still I don't know who's going to be the starters. Now, Tom Allen did name a handful of people that I kind of anticipated would be some of the guys during his press conference on Thursday. Jameer Johnson, Kobe Miner, Jamari Sharp, and Nick Toomer are kind of his top four. It sounds like we mentioned Jamari Sharp earlier this week. 
it was interesting comments from uh, Tom Allen about him. He's a redshirt freshman. Jameer Johnson is a junior transfer from Texas. I assumed he was going to be um, one of the guys. Same with Nick Toomer, a redshirt junior transfer from Stanford. And then you have Kobe Miner, a redshirt junior transfer from Texas Tech. So you're immediately getting a sense of what challenges this secondary is going to have. That's three redshirt freshmen, or excuse me, three transfers and a redshirt freshman as your top four guys. He also mentioned uh, Jojo Johnson and James Mons as guys that are going to be in the mix. Jojo Johnson was a transfer from Iowa Western Community College. Uh, James Mons, I believe, is a sophomore. Uh, that is, James Mons, a third redshirt freshman. So second year. It's a young, inexperienced group that doesn't have a lot of cohesion. There's going to be screw-ups. They're going to mess things up. How many... It's. It seems harsh to say it this way. How many times are you going to be able to fix those issues? Marvin Harrison Jr. is one of the best players in the country. Not best receiver. Not best players in the Big Ten. Best players in the country. He's going to be a handful for the best teams this year. For an IU team that is going to be figuring a lot of things out, I worry about what that's going to look like in week one. I use defensive line versus Kyle McCord and Devin Brown. Kyle McCord's going to be the starting quarterback, but as you heard Jay say in our preview pod, he expects both guys to play even before or if this game gets out of hand. He expects both guys to play. So what I'm going to be looking is how much IU can create pressure from the defensive line without needing to blitz. IU and Havoc plays have been what Tom Allen has wanted. IU's defensive line hasn't created those Havoc plays in a really long time. And so this defensive line has had a lot of talk about it, about how much better and different it looks. Is it better and different enough to create some of those Havoc plays? I'm really interested to see Andre Carter. There's a number of defensive linemen that also transferred in that I uh, I think we're going to see a lot of throughout this game. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who separates himself. Ladarius Cox, Philip Bleedy, Marcus Burris Jr., all transfers, all guys that Tom Allen has mentioned at various points. Who's going to be able to make plays and who is going to be able to step up and potentially make those Havoc plays? It Especially if you're with a secondary like you have that is going to be learning a lot on the fly this year. If your defensive line can create pressure without you needing to blitz linebackers and cornerbacks and stuff, that's going to help them out immensely. So how much is IU going to be able to do that? against Ohio State this week. I'm going to be interested in seeing that because, again, if you can do it against Ohio State, you can do it against probably anybody on the schedule the rest of the season. And then, obviously, I use offensive line versus Ohio State's defense. I think the offensive line is going to be improved. I also think this is a good Ohio State defense. Uh, you, we heard yesterday or on the preview show about how – excited 
Ohio State fans are about what this defense could be. So it's going to be a decent defense. I mean, it's Ohio State, even if that's kind of been their Achilles heel in recent years. In the big games, it hasn't been their Achilles heel against the Indianas, the Purdue's, the the whoever it may be, the Northwesterns, the Rutgers, the teams like that. How is that offensive line going to hold up? And will it hold up for the full game? There were many times last season where they might have struggled at the beginning of the game, but by the second half and the end of the game, they were turnstiles. How much is that offensive line going to improve and then be able to withstand that for the entire game into the second half? IU holding up in the trenches is going to be... It's a storyline this season. It's been a storyline for a couple seasons. But I think specifically for this game, there's some intrigue on both sides of the ball, how IU is going to do in the trenches, and that's going to be one of the biggest things, I think, to watch, both sides. That defensive line, how much they're able to, to create that pressure. The offensive line, how much they're able to withstand that pressure. So a lot to watch in this game. All over the field, on both sides of the ball, a lot to watch. Appreciate you guys making us your first listen. That'll do it for today's episode. We will have the recap of this on Monday. On Saturday, be sure you guys are subscribed to us either on YouTube or on Twitter. We'll have kind of an instant reaction to this game and whatever happens. We'll have that up once the game ends. So be sure you guys are subscribed on both of those places so you don't miss it. And then we'll be back Monday to recap this. And we're in full swing football mode now. We'll be diving in every day, save for our recruiting Wednesdays for football for the next couple of weeks. Follow us on Twitter, as I said. Subscribe wherever that may be. Leave that rating and review. It helps us out a ton. Most importantly, though, guys, hope everybody has a great Friday. Enjoy the game if you're going down on Saturday. Have a safe holiday. Go Hoosiers. And as always, LEO.